In the climate-ravaged year of 2072, the city of Pura stands as a miraculous green haven, a geoengineered paradise that protects fortunate residents from the global catastrophes of heat domes, fires, floods, and droughts. Demetria Lopez heads up Pura's public relations, tirelessly promoting the city's idyllic image. But when she stumbles upon a dark secret that, if exposed, would be the downfall of Pura's existence, she must decide who and what she is willing to protect. From Wondery, the makers of Academy and Dr. Death, The Last City stars actors Reyes Seahorn, Jeannie Tirado, and Maury Sterling. Follow The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, listeners. Be advised that this show is an immersive audio experience. It may seem like sounds are coming from the sides or behind you. Listener discretion is advised, as this content is intended for adult audiences only. Q-Code presents A Burned Photo, created by Nicole Esposito. Take a good look at what your licentious ways have caused. On the other side of that door was the work of pure evil. And then her eyes fell on him. Yes. 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 No. Oh my God, Cassian! You made him watch Irvin. How did you become so cruel? What's a show without an audience? You will burn in hell, Irving. You are a sick, sick man. Listen, sister. I had to do something to maintain the integrity of our family name. What's it look like for me to let all our daddies and granddaddies' hard work slip to the wayside as soon as I take charge? Oh, this wasn't about them and you know it. This was about you. You have forever tainted our family name. Oh, would you <laughs> shut up with your sanctified speechifying? It was just a bunch of niggas. Enough with all the ballyhoo. Just let a couple of them do their little broom jumping marriage ceremony. You'll have seven more in no time. You're all terrible. Each one of you will pay. Well, dear sister, Maybe it's time for you to head on up to that pansy man of yours in Boston and take his name. And leave us to conduct our business in Natchez the way we see fit. What are you going to do with Cash? Let him go. He has suffered enough. People who find themselves in nigger business find themselves with nigger problems, girl. Luther's right. First train out of Natchez leaves in a few hours. I suggest you don't miss it. No! No, Cash! I'm so sorry! No, no! All right, fellas. Let's cut him loose and have a little fun. 
before we burn this shack yeah. to the ground. <laughs> yeah. These are my pine cones I've been collecting. Just uh, could never imagine such a terrible ending. Cash, Cash was a good man. The other men outside of Irvin, who was they? Samuel Chamberlain is the judge's son. Robert Harding lived down on Howard Street. His father is a senator. And Luther Woods was our neighbor. His family runs the bank in town. I still think you should alert the authorities, dear Hutt. There are restrictions on the type of brutality an owner can inflict on their slave, you know. Theoretically. But those laws are never upheld. Especially against powerful men with even more powerful fathers. Besides, they, uh... They burned Cash's shack down with all the bodies in it. We'll probably claim the deaths are an accident. It's just sinful. I'm so glad to be away from Natchez. Most of the town is, uh... It's talking about my brother's misfortune. How terrible it was for him to lose seven slaves in a single night. I also got some nice spinning tops. You want to see him, Jacob? <laughs> so the boy thought you said the shack was burned down with everyone inside. When I entered that shack, everyone was sprawled out and bloodied on the floor, save cash. But as I, uh, as I headed out of town to the train station a few hours later, I needed to make a stop at the general store. A lady needs her traveling things, you know. And the shop girl alerted me that she had found one of our slaves laying out back on a stack of rags when she came in. It was Jacob. What you mean? I thought you said he was dead in the shack. I thought he was. But, but he must have just been unconscious because somehow he found his way off the plantation and into town. You don't know how to play with the top? Here, let me show you. He hasn't spoken a single word since I found him at that shop. So you took him all with you? I felt it was kismet. I failed, Charlotte, and I thought maybe this was divine intervention. A way for me to fulfill part of my promise to Cash and his family. So, I collected him, and we both boarded the train to Gabriel in Boston. It was all certainly a surprise when I met them at the station. I bet. <laughs> well, that, um... That actually brings us to why we are here. All right. Go on. Uh, we feel it is best for Jacob to be with his own people. Yes. If I were to raise him, he would always have eyes cast upon him. The first impression will always be that he is tied to some servitude or that he's a, a charity case. I owe it to Charlotte and Cash 
to give this boy real freedom. Well, have have y'all talked about this to Miss Nelly? Yes. Of course. We'll have him. We will? Yes. That boy is the spitting image of Cash, and it would be my honor. You sure about this, Alphonse? Never been more sure of anything in my life. All right then, honey. We look after him. <sighs> How old did you say the boy was? Oh, he's ten. And we want to make sure he attends school. We will be sending a check monthly to assure he has what he needs. We do not mean to bestow a burden on your doorstep. Oh, no. No, no burden. That's fine, Miss Sissy. We'll do what's right by him. Lucy ain't tell you about all this, Arthur. No. She only told me that her mother had an adopted brother, but she never relayed any of the backstory about Cash. Hmm. I reckon it ain't something you bring up in a casual conversation. Uh, not by any means. What a harrowing story. I know we've come to the end of Cash's story. It's heartbreaking. But I'm curious, how did Jacob come along with your family? I can't imagine how one moves forward after having witnessed something so devastating happen to their family. <sighs> Wish I could say it was smooth or easy. Cash had been my friend, but we were strangers to his son, Jacob. He didn't sleep much, and when he did, he had terrible nightmares that would wake the whole house up. Matter of fact, those nightmares are the only time we heard his voice for the first four months or so. Until one day. <laughs> All right, y'all, come and eat. Come in, Mama. Come on, Jacob. Oh, shucks, Poet. I was hoping for some grits. Oh, it's nearly impossible to find grits here, honey. Now hush up and eat up. You were up half the night with those nightmares again, Jacob. Did you get any rest at all? You seem to be chanting something. I couldn't quite make it out. Chanting? Can't quite be sure, but that's what it sounded like to me. Huh. All right, let the boy alone. Jacob, you can't go on with this eating like a bird. Now you're skin and bone. You need to eat. I was saving this as a surprise for dinner, but why must we wait for good things? Mashed sweet potatoes. Alphonse told me your mama used to love them when she was carrying you. I want some too. <laughs> All right, Lizzie, plenty to go around. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no need to cry now, boy. Just go ahead and eat you some good food that tastes like home. <laughs> All right, slow down now, boy. We don't need your stomach exploding, you hear? Now, Lizzie, it's not a competition. Eat like a lady. He scraped every last bit of that plate. And then on to our surprise, he had his first waking words since he had arrived four months before. Thank you.
<clears throat> Stack the wood and neat pile over there, Jacob. Yes, Mr. Alphonse. Come here, son. Yes, sir. Now, you're going to be staying with us for the foreseeable future. I think our relation is closer than you calling me Mr. Alphonse. You can just call me Daddy, if you like. Just like Lizzie. Mm, no, sir. I, I don't think I like that. <laughs> all right, all right, then. I'm sorry, son. I, I ain't mean and bad. How about daddy, uncle? Would that be okay? Hmm, <laughs> daddy, uncle. Well, sure, it seems fitting. Sounds just fine, son. <laughs> Lizzie, is... Is that you throwing snowballs at me? Uh, Mr. Al... Or, I mean, daddy, uncle. Is it okay if I put off the wood stacking for just a moment? Go on, boy. <laughs> Go and get her good. <laughs> you better watch out, Lizzie. Here I come. You can't get me, Jacob. Winter <laughs> ended and spring came again. Jacob was growing stronger, and Susie's cooking was putting some meat on his bones. Him and Lizzie was inseparable. No one would ever know he wasn't our born child. You never catch me. You're as slow as a tortoise. We'll see about that. All right, y'all two. And keep the racket down. Matter of fact, you need to get to your chores. Yes, yes daddy, daddy, uncle. How's school, Jacob? We're learning about the Louisiana Purchase and Lewis and Clark. Uh, who are they? Do explorers. That's what I aim to be when I get big. An explorer? Yes, sir. They collected a bunch of seeds and plants and brought them back with them. That's what I'll do. <laughs> you know, your father and I, we worked for a man just like what you described. His name was Dr. Joaquin. Yeah, yeah, Dr. Joaquin traveled all over the places you couldn't even imagine. Cash wasn't much into the traveling, though. He was uh, more of a homebody. <laughs> you know, happy to stay put and be surrounded by his family. I don't want to talk about him. Who, Dr. Joaquin? No. My father. No, 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 Jacob. <laughs> Jacob! Jacob, I'm sorry! The mere mention of his daddy Cash set Jacob back. Again, he stopped talking and eating. And those nightmares came back. No! Don't do it! Leave him alone! Don't hurt him! J Jacob, 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 wake up! Wake up! It's just a nightmare, son. You want me to climb in with you so you can sleep? Alright, alright, honey. Go ahead and climb on in then. You two go to sleep now. You okay, Jacob? You're here with us now.
In the climate-ravaged year of 2072, the city of Pura stands as a miraculous green haven, a geoengineered paradise that protects fortunate residents from the global catastrophes of heat domes, fires, floods, and droughts. Demetria Lopez heads up Pura's public relations, tirelessly promoting the city's idyllic image. But when she stumbles upon a dark secret that, if exposed, would be the downfall of Pura's existence, she must decide who and what she is willing to protect. From Wondery, the makers of Academy and Dr. Death, The Last City stars actors Reyes Seahorn, Jeannie Tirado, and Maury Sterling. Follow The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. You really need to stop bringing up cash. Let the past be the past. I barely mentioned the man's name. You're trying to finish something with that boy that you didn't get to finish with Cash. I reckon I'm sort of searching for an ending. Every ending isn't the one you want. But there was an ending. It involved four drunk white boys who killed your friend and his whole family. And that's it. That's the end. Cash would have never taken that to be the end. You know, he, he, he believed in right and wrong, and, and when wrong reared its ugly head, he believed something would come in and make things right. It's a nice thought, but it just ain't how life works. I need to do right by a son, Susan. <laughs> Jacob was talking about wanting to become an explorer. I, I know that's not what Cash would have wanted from him. He he would have wanted him to live a steady life with a family of his own. You sure that's not what you want for him? I just don't want him to end up like Joe. And for that matter, I don't want him to end up like Cash either. I want that boy to live. Then let him. Listen to Susie. Let Jacob dream. And then I went off to war and left him to be the man of the house. Told him the man of the house couldn't go mute. He said he understood. Was gone two full years. Daddy, you're back! Hey, baby, look at you, girl. You're about as tall as a rake. (laughs) Susie! Honey, you look fat. Finer than a sweet cake. <laughs> Alphonse, mm. stop it. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Come here, come here. Mm. And this is my little Billy. <laughs> Hi, Billy. I'm your daddy. Hi, daddy, uncle. Welcome home. Jacob, you're practically a man. Jacob had grown. He was tall with broad shoulders and strong arms from chopping wood and tending the garden. But he hadn't just grown in size. He had grown in confidence. And you could see it just looking at him. (laughs) You look really fine, son. Wow, just blows my mind how much you favor Catholics. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You know, Jacob made a big change while you were gone, Alphonse. Jacob, why don't you tell him? I took your name. 
My name is now Jacob Abraham. Hmm. Well, that's... That's fine. <laughs> that's just fine. So, Jacob officially integrated into your family? Mm-hmm. That's right. He became an Abraham. I couldn't be happier to be surrounded by my family. All growing, all healthy. Miss Nellie mm, wasn't so lucky. Her husband and her brother Gabriel both died at Gettysburg. Gabriel died at war? What became of his wife, Sissy? Everything for that girl fell apart. She wanted to have a baby of her own, but her body just couldn't hold it. She lost a few. Was a child when Gabriel went off to war. And when she heard of his death, she became so grief-stricken, she lost that baby too. She started having nightmares, and then she started to take in chlorhydrate to help with the sleep. One day, she must have taken too much, because she fell asleep in a women's drinking room and never woke up again. I don't know nothing for sure about what was causing Miss Sissy's emotions, but Jacob did reveal something unexpected one day. You know, Daddy Uncle, when I first came here, I used to think you was magic. <laughs> really? Why is that? A lot of reasons. I got here and saw a bunch of Negroes living on this huge property and wasn't a white face to be seen. When it snowed, you would take us to walk on ice. A couple of times, you cut open that ice and drew a live fish from below. You brought lobster to the table one day, and I thought it was the biggest crayfish I'd ever seen. <laughs> you took me down to the library, and whereas I used to only have one book, I suddenly had thousands. I thought this was magic land, and you were the head magician. <laughs> Well, I reckon you realize it ain't a magic show now. <laughs> it's just different. <laughs> there was magic down south, too. Like what? I'm starting to forget it. Oh, gnarled oak trees that looked like they had their own story to tell with moss that hung down to the ground like lacy curtains. Oh, that, that sweet... Smell of magnolia riding through the air that would make you just want to curl up and go to sleep. Steamboats chugging up and down the Mississippi day and night. And the cicadas, oh, the cicadas that would emerge ever so often, chittering like they came from another world. Cicadas. Yeah, yeah, cicadas. You ever heard of them before? The night we were trying to escape, my father kept talking about listening for the cicadas. Oh, Jacob. Jacob, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to bring up your daddy. I remember. I remember everything. We don't have to talk about it. I, I want to. I need to.
We were hiding along the old trace, looking for that vegetable wagon Miss Sissy Barrington was supposed to have sent. And they found us. Annie reared it in his mansion. Seven of you. Get your hands off of me, Papa! Mm, 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 mm. Mm, Mr. Barrington ain't gonna be happy about this at all. Please, sir, please, just let us go. You can take the whole sack of money. Just, just, just go your way, and we'll go ours. How the nigga get that kind of money? I work for it, Master John. Master John allowed me. <laughs> this ain't gonna sit well with her. Come on, boys. Rally him up. They tied us up, dragged us back to our shack, and locked us in. Next time that door opened, there was Master Irvin and those three men. Barrington, Woods, Chamberlain, and Hardy. Yes, sir. And all four of them had been drinking. I could smell it on them as soon as they opened the door. Well, look at this. The whole lot of you disappoint me. Virginia, Charlotte, I gave you the nice beds in the big house. And Cassius, I've always known you were no good. My daddy couldn't see it, but I always knew you were a common, untrustworthy nigga. Your daddy promised me and my family freedom. You have betrayed his word. You ruined his name. What you know about name? Your name is whatever I say it is. Barrington, boy, nigger. You're nothing. You're chattel. And you'll be tied to me until your dying day. And then each one of these little nigglets after. And then their little nigglets. And so on, and so forth, until your blood ain't no more. You fucking bastard! Daddy! I'm gonna kill you, Irving! I'll kill you, Irving! Ah, time up, fellas. Let's give him a front row seat to the show. No, let him go! Let my daddy go! Let him go! Jacob! Muzzle him! No idea how long I was out, but suddenly I could hear my daddy's voice. Son, son, I need you to wake up. My eyes were so heavy, and when I finally got them open, I wish I'd never had. I saw my whole family massacred before me. I couldn't move, I couldn't speak, and I so badly wanted to say something back to my daddy. Let him know I was alright. Then I realized my daddy wasn't talking to me. Ezekiel, open your eyes. Ezekiel, please, son, come back to me. In the cone, I saw my daddy, very badly beaten, leaning over my younger brother Ezekiel. Good, good boy. He was laid out on the table and his throat was slashed, gaping wide open. Good boy, you hurt real bad, son. You're dying. It's all right, it's all right, son. You, you, you'll be at peace soon. A conqueror's gonna come and he's gonna make everything right. But son, I, uh, I need something from you. All right. I need your body, Ezekiel. 
Because the conqueror, he doesn't have a body of his own. So he needs to use yours, all right? Please, please, son, please. Just, I need you to say yes. Will you? Son, will you give the conqueror your body? I love, I love you so much, Ezekiel. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. My, my babies. Oh, oh, God. I watched my father slit his wrists and let his blood fall all over Ezekiel. Some funny shapes I had never seen on his skin. And then he began to chant. It seemed to put me in a trance. I couldn't tell what I was looking at. I still don't know. But where Ezekiel once lay, now I saw some sort of angel made of milky bright light what's going on in there i told you we should have tied him back up we beat him to a pulp there's no way he has the strength to be doing anything in there come on irving let's get this over with you know that nigga used to run around with the likes of that dr joakim you're right i've had my fun <laughs> Let's light it! <laughs> I couldn't move. That thick smoke started choking me and shook me from my trance. And somehow I got myself to my feet and I ran out that shack without anyone seeing me. Before I left, I took one last look at my family. My mama and my two sisters all piled up in that corner. My baby brother not far from him in a twisted knot. My daddy splayed out with a bullet hole in his head. Little Ezekiel with the gash in his neck. My eyes started playing tricks on me. Because I thought I saw my dead brother Ezekiel sit up on that table and smile at me. I took off running and didn't stop until I reached the back of that shop. And the next thing I remember it was daylight. And the shop girl was yelling in my face trying to get me to come too. Wake up! Are you okay? What happened? And I couldn't remember a thing. Until now. Oh my god. Yeah. I knew right away when Jacob told me that story that Cash had finally summoned his Yushino for the second time. Did you explain the Yoshino to Jacob? <sighs> he must have been so confused. No. Ignorance is bliss, they say. I told him seeing things goes hand in hand with swallowing smoke, and he was all right with that. I was putting his life to protect him from the terrible things in the world, not prop him up. I understand that. I truly do. I wanted to see him blossom. 
to thrive. Because that's what Cash worked so hard for all those years. Jacob stuck around the Boone Manor for about four more years. When he turned 18, as I long suspected, he decided that the life of a household servant wasn't his destiny. And you best be sure, the writer said, every port. He told us at a young age he wanted to be an adventurer, a traveler, and it wasn't my job to stand in the way of that. Daddy, uncle, you know I will. He found himself a nice job on a merchant ship and started his journey out of New York City. And he kept his promise. We got a letter from every port. Lizzie, tell them boys to hurry up. Cousin Sally's here to read the letter. <laughs> Coming, Mama. Coming, Mama. All right. All right. We're all here. Go ahead, Sally. <clears throat> Dearest Daddy, Uncle, Mama, Auntie, and all you little Abraham devils. <laughs> Shush now. I am writing to you from the sandy beaches of Brazil, from a charming cafe in Paris, France, and from Akita, Japan, the point of Gibraltar, China, and sailing onward to Jakarta. I love you all. Sincerely, your son, Jacob Abraham. Around the turn of the century, both me and Susie had the arthritis real bad in both our hands and wasn't much use on the Boone property anymore. We moved down to Florida to live with Lizzie and her family. And by then, I learned to read myself. <laughs> Dearest daddy, uncle, mama, auntie, little Abraham devils, and all my little rapscallion nieces and nephews. He always starts like that. <laughs> I write to you with Wonderful news. I am a married man. <laughs> Go on, Elfine. Go on. She's a beautiful and patient brown-skinned woman named Dolores. And though she is considerably younger than I, we get on beautifully. It doesn't hurt that she is charmed by my tales of adventure on the high seas. <laughs> the life of a sailor has worn my muscles and bones, and I long for the constancy of solid ground beneath my feet. I have found work at the port, and Dolores and I will start a family here in her home country, Cuba. Cuba. <laughs> <laughs> that boy done found himself a Cuban wife and is gonna have a bunch of Spanish-speaking children. <laughs> oh my lord! <laughs> <laughs> In 1915, I received one final letter, written in broken English from Jacob's wife to Lars, telling me. Uh, telling me he passed away. They had two children together, but I don't know what became of them. My Susie died not long after in 1916. She was as beautiful as the day I met her. My bed hadn't felt warm since then. I'm sorry, Mr. Alphonse. 
From everything I've recorded, she sounded like a remarkable woman. You ain't never lied. You know, I can't tell if I've been gifted or cursed in my life. I think old Ben Jackson might have had it just right. What do you mean? Well, I've lived a very long life, Arthur. <clears throat> maybe, maybe too long. I've seen a lot of changes in this land. I've watched so many people that I love die before me. Old Ben knew when to tap out. It's a burden watching the people you love pass on before you. I'm sure that's just what Cash felt in his last moments. I'm, uh, I'm gonna keep on believing that. Well, um, thank you so much for your time, Mr. Alphonse. It was a pleasure meeting you. And I really appreciate you sharing your story with me. You're welcome, son. You treat my history well now. And my Lucy. What? I just spent all that time talking about some of the wildest things I ever seen. And you don't think I can see you and Lucy sweet on each other? Treat her good. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com In the 1970s, John Todd burst onto the evangelical scene with a shocking tale. He claimed to be a former witch, involved in a then-unheard-of secret organization called the Illuminati, and urged Christians to prepare for a violent world takeover. First of all, the number one weapon in everybody's home should be a 12-gauge pump shotgun. Hear the amazing story of one of the originators of the modern-day conspiracy theory. From Magnificent Noise and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Cover Up, The Conspiracy Tapes. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful, time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. (sighs) 
Um, I wound up seeing Alphonse again sooner than I expected. Three weeks after our conversation, he developed pneumonia and was hospitalized. Lucille asked me to visit with her. And we went every day. We could tell he didn't have much longer, so I figured that if I was going to get his blessing for Lucille's hand in marriage, now was the time to ask. <laughs> he graciously obliged. I, I, I expected the marriage request to be the most eventful exchange that would occur in his last days, but uh, in typical Alphonse fashion, he threw a curveball. feeling, Mr. Alphonse? Oh, I'm tired. Well, don't let me keep you from resting. I'm fine to just sit with you. I even brought my work to keep me occupied in such an event. You started writing yet? Oh, not yet. Trying to organize my thoughts and make sense of everything. about our conversation we had the other day about uh, about the burdens we carry. Yes, burdens are inevitable. They are part of the human condition. Mm, not every burden. I didn't want to tell you this because burdens are catchy. Like the chicken pox. They steal your joy. Cut off your hair. And I thought maybe if I took the burdens I've been carrying with me to my grave, I wouldn't pass them on to no one else. But now I realize burdens are meant to be dealt with. And maybe you have the tools to put this one to rest with that bookie writing. What is it, Mr. Alphonse? I'd be pleased to help you with anything I can. Maybe I just didn't want to face the terrible reality of what Cash did. But there's something really important I didn't pass on to you. Oh, yeah? Well, let me get closer so I can hear you. <laughs> Cash is Yoshino. It's still here. It's still fulfilling Cash's wishes. But how? All these years later? His job ain't complete. What did Cash summon it to do? Cash was infected with one of the worst diseases imaginable. What? Revenge. Hold on, let me get my notebook. I don't have the strength to go into it, but many years ago, I sent Jacob a letter in Cuba warning him about what Cash had done. I didn't want to 
Bird knew him either, but he had to know for his safety. Turns out life of travel still isn't enough to leave your past behind. Find that letter, and all your questions will be answered. How do I find the letter? Where is it now? Who has it? Mr. Alphonse. Mr. Al- Alphonse. I think I'll... I think I'll go to sleep now. I sure am mighty tired. And I hear my Susie calling me. The burn photo stars in order of appearance. Elizabeth Evans as Sissy Barrington. John Michael Young as Irving Barrington. Daryl Brown as Elderly Alphonse. Curtis Cook as Cash. Brandon Michael Hall as Alphonse. Sarah Jean Francois as Susie. Peyton Krim as Arthur Gurdon. Additional performances by Jesse Bork, Julian Schwartz, Carson Kern, Callie Michelle, Johnny Berryman, Donovan Miller, Elise Marie, Timothy Cole, Renee Veronica Freeman, Justin Reed, Kenesha Thompson. Created by Nicole Esposito. Written by Nicole Esposito and Quinn Perry. Directed by Quinn Perry and Jeremy Novick. Executive produced by Roy Lee, Angus McClune, Rob Herding, David Henning, Sandra Yi Ling, Michelle Zarati, Charmaine Bingwa, and Nicole Esposito. Co-executive producer, Quinn Perry. Produced by Shinyin Hiyu. Original score and composition by Darren Johnson. Music editor, Brian Kesley. Assistant music editor, David Tadashore. Audio engineering by Ryan Walsh and Neely Oftering. Edited by Neely Oftering. Additional editor, Beatrice Neronia. Sound design by The Audio Hive, Jose Varon and Jeffrey Kanick. Mixed by Lance Lampaginia. Supervising mixer, Ben Milchev. Casting directors, Chelsea Block, Marisol Rancali, and Mayank Batter at Atomic Honey. Casting director for guest roles, Andrea Bunker. Assistant director, Kelsey Adams. Script supervisor, Sam Beasley. Set teacher, Celeste Armstrong. Assistant engineering by Beatrice Neronia. Production coordinator, Brandon Weissner, Bailey Grayson, and Tom Breck. Production assistant, Nathan Yan, Alexandra Bashidi, and Ben Swimmer. Post coordinator, Rachel Yanover. Production legal, Christina Bulbrook and Lindsay Keel. Production accounting, Pin Chun Lu. Special thanks to Ashton Harold. This podcast was recorded under a SAG AFRA collective bargaining agreement. The Burn Photo is a Vertigo Entertainment and Q Code production. Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking, why do we suspend our disbelief? You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready for the ultimate Love Island experience? Join us on After the Island. We're going back to where it all began. Fiji. Love Island USA Season 5 is making a splash on Peacock right now. 
And guess what? Your favorite recap show is back, too. Welcome to After the Island. Join us as real-life besties and co-hosts, Elizabeth and Alex, as we deep dive into each sizzling episode of Love Island USA. We'll spill the tea, interview contestants, answer fan questions, and give you unprecedented behind-the-scenes access to the wildly popular world of Love Island. Don't miss a single moment of the drama, romance, and unforgettable island vibes. Listen to After the Island on any streaming platform.